0: I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio now. It's that time of year when we're about to start finding out what our energy bills are really going to cost us. Hopefully, we're going into this prepared, but are we doing everything we possibly can be doing? That's exactly what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Today, I've got some advice and some ideas that could save you hundreds, if not thousands, of pounds on your energy bills. So please stick around and enjoy today's episode of the HMO Podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the roadmap, you'll find a full 60 lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for for the future we've also got guest workshops added every single month we've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics we've got downloadable resources cheat sheets and swipe files to help you we've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from and we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you to find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. So we were just getting used to this idea of a two-year price cap guarantee that Liz Trust brought in. All of a sudden, things seemed a little bit more certain, even if they didn't look particularly great. But then, of course, Jamie Hunt's come along and is U-turned on the whole thing. And now we only know what it's going to look like up until April. It's more important than ever that we are doing everything we possibly can be doing in our HMOs to make sure that we're keeping these utility costs down this winter season. It is going to be really tough. But trust me, the difference of doing this and not doing this could cost you hundreds, if not thousands of pounds. I honestly think the advice that you could implement in today's episode could save you that much per house per year. So I think this is going to be a really important episode. Now, what I want to do is break today's episode down into some advice that I'm going to give you as a landlord, as a property investor, that you can do yourself. I've got some advice for tenants, but it's going to be your responsibility to make sure that your tenants are doing this and actually following it. And then I've got some general tenant property management advice that I think will really make a difference as well. So let's get started. I've got nine things to kick us off with that you as a landlord, as a property investor, can be doing straight away. Now, you might want to grab yourself pad and a pen, or you might want to come back and listen to today's episode again to make sure you're not missing any of this stuff. But the first thing I want to say might seem obvious, but actually most of us don't do it, and that is to get your boiler serviced. Get it serviced this autumn before you go into winter, and that'll help make sure that it's operating as efficiently as it possibly can be, and make sure that through the year you're topping up the pressure and just managing and maintaining the status of your boiler. It's really important, but it can make a big difference on the efficiency of your energy. The second thing is install a smart thermostat like an Inspire system, a timerstat or a Hive device. Talked about these before in the show and they're great. I've had them in my HMOs for years. The idea is that you put these in, they can connect wirelessly to your boiler and there's a thermostat that manages and monitors the temperature in your house. You can add more if you've got a big property to different areas of the house. But essentially what this means you can do is you can set programs, you can set The heating to come on at certain times of the day, or on certain days, or you you can change it at the weekend, and you can control when that heating comes on and off. Now, tenants can hit boost if it gets particularly cold, or they're a bit chilly, if they're spending a bit more time in the house one day, and you can also set other parameters so that your boiler does certain things depending on the conditions and the temperatures. These devices are imperative; these are absolutely crucial. I still can't believe there are landlords out there that don't have these in. If you're offering a build inclusive package, this is not just a no-brainer, this is an absolute necessity. Now, it can cost you a few hundred quid. I think an Inspire device is going to set you back about 250 quid. Then you need to get it fitted by an electrician. So it's not the cheapest solution in the world, but trust me, this will save you in the first year more than you will spend on the device and getting it fitted for sure. So for me, this is an Absolute must. Make sure you go and do this straight away if you haven't already got one of these devices in your HMOs. The third thing then is I want you to go and get your tenants a smart meter or an energy monitor. These, if you haven't seen them, plug in inside. They connect to meters and they give tenants a real time display of their energy usage every single day. The great thing about this is. It's tangible. Tenants can actually see what's happening on a daily basis. They can start to learn and understand and process why it looks like that. And just by seeing it, they're more aware. Sometimes, it depends on the device, but if you're doing really well on a particular day it'll keep you in the green. It'll say your energy usage is is sort of economic. But if you've been OTT, let's say they've had loads of long showers or they've had loads of appliance usage or they've had the heating on all day, they might be into red and it'll be telling them that they're not being economic, they're using more energy than the average household would be. So this is a great thing. I think you can get them free from certain energy providers. They certainly don't cost much. Set them up for your tenants, put them somewhere where they can see it, make sure they're aware and on board with the idea. This really, really will help improve your tenant's behaviour when it comes to energies. The fourth thing that I'm going to suggest you do is insulate your hot water tanks and any pipes that you can. This can actually, for an average household, save about £70 a year. If you've got a big system, it could actually be more for you. And it's incredibly cheap and really, really easy to do. Moving on to number five, draft-proof your houses. Predominantly, we're talking about doors here and doors and windows, but particularly if you've got timber doors. You can get a draft under the door and that can really help transfer a lot of heat. If you do this, it could save you about £125 a year. It is well worth doing because the kit you need to do it isn't really going to cost you that much at all. And if there is a draft coming through, tenants are going to be more aware than ever. They're going to be coming and telling you straight away that you need to do it. So you might as well just do it now. Number six, fit radiator reflector panels. If you don't know what they are, go and have a look. Number seven, Swap all of your lights to LEDs. You know, install sensors if you can, but it can be a little bit more tricky. But certainly make sure that all of your bulbs internally are switched to LEDs. These are going to save you a huge amount of money. Yes, there's a little bit of a cost and investment into them in the first place, but it's well worth doing. Number eight, change your shower heads. A low flow design shower head will still give you a really good shower. It won't upset the tenants, but it'll use a lot less water. I think some of them can use up to 60 or 70% less water. This is a great solution to try and reduce your water consumption in your HMOs. Number nine, another water one, check for leaky loos. A leaky loo can cost you a huge amount. It's one of those things that can just go unnoticed for ages or... Because it doesn't really bother anyone too much. Tenant don't tell you. You don't necessarily look out for it on inspections. Just make sure that you're checking for leaky loos. There's a couple of things you can actually get. You put it on the back of the toilet and it'll just help you identify whether or not your toilet is leaking at all. You know, whether it's just free flowing. So there we go. Nine things that you as a landlord can do almost today to help bring those energy bills down. Now I've got some advice for tenants. Now, it's going to be your responsibility, of course, to make sure that your tenants understand this, are aware of it. And not just that, but they're continually reminded. That's the key things with tenants. It's always about reinforcement and reminding them because tenants have a natural tendency to forget, particularly if they're not paying the bills. If they're not actually seeing the bills, they're not seeing those cost increases you know, in real terms, they're not physically feeling that, then they're less inclined to, to remember and recall this sort of information. It's going to be your responsibility to make sure that this really does sink in and stay with them. So first thing to do is make sure your tenants are turning off your lights. It's so simple. We all know this, but how often do you go into your HMOs and all of the lights are on? You can save a few quid a year for sure, but on a large HMO is definitely going to save you a few quid. The second thing I want you to do is... Switch off standby modes. Turn off all the wall plugs. Things like appliances such as microwaves and other large appliances that don't need to be on all the time. Use up a lot of energy just on standby. This can save you well over £100 a year in a HMO and it's really, really easy to implement. It just needs people to remember and actually proactively want to do it. So, Second one, switch off standby modes. Make sure all of your appliances are turned off at the wall if it's an appliance that can be turned off. Of course, don't turn the fridge off. Number three, ask your tenants to use the tumble dryer and washing machine and dishwashers less. Quite simply, they need to make sure that the loads are full before they actually use them. I've seen it so many times. and In fact, as a house, ourselves, we're guilty of doing this. You, know, you just put half a load on, chuck it on, just because it's easy to do it. And of course, it wastes a huge amount of money. With six, seven, eight tenants potentially living in a house, we need to get tenants due to the idea of washing together, of you know, sharing things to actually help bring the cost of energies down. This is tricky because if you're paying the bills, again, they're not seeing it. They don't necessarily feel that it's as important. They don't have that incentive in the same way that you do. But if we can get them on board, this really can save a lot of money. This is one that can save you hundreds of pounds a year. The fourth thing is ask your tenants to wash at 30 degrees. We don't really need to be washing any higher than that. This could save 30, 40, 50 quid a year, potentially even more. It's dead easy to do. The fifth idea I've got for you to share with your tenants is to ask them to use eco balls in their tumble dryers. This helps thread their clothes out so they'll dry more quickly. It's a really simple solution, very, very low cost. It's not going to make a huge amount on the bills, but every little does help. The sixth thing I want you to do is suggest your tenants take shorter showers. This might be a tough one, but this could save you well over £100 a year. If your tenants can take a four-minute shower this can definitely save you over £100 a year. In fact, that's what it could save in an average household. In a large HMO, we could be talking about far more than that. This is a bit of a tricky one with tenants. And of course, it's very difficult to enforce. But this is about just getting them on board, getting them to understand. And if they know that this really does impact you directly, and actually if they are economic, it can help prevent their rent's going up at any point in the future. You know, that is one way to help get them on board. Okay, the seventh thing that I want you to suggest your tenants do is stop overfilling the kettle. Again, it's something we do as a house. We're all, all, all guilty of it, but we don't need to. If we're making one drink or two drinks, just fill the kettle for one drink or two drinks. This could save us £40, £50 pound a year in a small HMO. For a large HMO, it could save us a lot more. Number eight, the eighth thing that you could recommend is that your tenants close the curtains and blinds in the evenings to keep heating when it's cold. Really simple solution, but tenants will often not do this unless they're getting changed in the room after they've had a shower or a bath, or they're going to bed at night. Actually, if we can get them to close the blinds and the curtains early, on in the evening, now certainly through the winter months, five, six o'clock, that really will help. It does actually make quite a big difference. The ninth thing I want you to recommend is that The fridge is set between three and five degrees. Often you'll go in and your tenants have messed around with the thermostats in the fridges. You don't need it to be at one or two degrees and it really doesn't want to be obviously warmer than five degrees. So just make sure that it is set between three and five degrees. tenants understand why and that will help save a little bit of money. The 10th thing that you can do is actually ask your tenants to periodically defrost that freezer. This really does actually help It helps that freezer, that appliance run more economically. Yes, it's a bit of a faff. No, it's not going to be something that you're asking them to do that regularly. But maybe, you know, two, three times a year, that could have quite an impact. It could really help. Now, the 11th and final piece of advice that I want you to share with your tenants, your recommendation is around cooking. Now, cooking typically accounts for about 13 14% of energy usage in an average household. And there are a few things that tenants can do to... Make sure that they're being a bit more economic. The first thing that they can do is start cooking as a household together. You don't need five or six tenants cooking separately. If we can encourage tenants to cook together, and actually this part could be something we could help engineer as well. Are we providing the appropriate environment? Have they got a table that's big enough? Could we give them some stuff to put on the table, some incentives to make eating dinner together more enjoyable. But if we can, and we can encourage them to do this, this really will help reduce the energy consumption when it comes to cooking. We can also suggest that they use smaller pans and when they are using pans to put the lids on, really simple, but it is the little bits here that all accumulate and actually help make that difference. Some of this is going to be tough, but I think if you explain this to your tenants in the right way. And I think tenants do get it at the minute. And I think particularly because they they do know that rents have been going up and there's the possibility that rents will continue to go up. And I think younger adults now are generally more energy conscious and a bit greener. I think you will be able to get results here. Will it be perfect? No. Come on, let's be honest. It's just not going to be perfect. Tenants aren't perfect. We're not perfect as landlords. They are going to forget. Sometimes it's just not going to make sense. And some people just won't care. But if we can try and do this and if we can try and reinforce this advice and we can remind tenants, this this really will help. And that brings me on to the third part of today's episode, which is a couple of final points around tenant and property management. The first thing that I want to suggest you do here is if you haven't done this yet, and I really hope you have, but if you haven't done this yet, go and make sure you are on the best tariffs you can possibly be on. There really is quite a difference depending on the supplier and the information that you've given them and how long you're fixed in or aren't fixed in for. If you can get on a better tariff, make sure you are. I've talked recently about who I go with. It's slightly different and it's a B2B service, but I do have one property that's an outlier that's with Octopus in a minute. The rates are good, as good as they can be at the minute, and I've been really quite pleased with their customer service, that might be one to look at. And, you know, I kind of like the ethos behind Octopus a bit more than I do, certainly some of the big energy giants. They're not a green supplier, but that is very much in their mandate. The second thing I want you to do is make sure you're getting monthly meter readings. Make sure you're getting bill readings every single month. Now, this is really important. First of all, this is going to help you manage your cash flow. You don't want to be waiting three months to get a bill and then find out it's whopping. Get that bill every month and you can pay it every month, but you've got the data on a month-by-month basis. Most importantly, with that data, you can feed back to your tenants. You can actually tell them what their usage has been. You can give them some physical, very real data, tell them what the usage is, what it's cost. You don't have to share that if you don't want, but you could do. And this will really, really help. This should be part of a process. And actually, this should be a key part of your processes in your business. This for us is massive energy management. We don't actually manage the bills internally now, but we do get them in, we process them and we feed that information back to our tenants straight away. If they're doing well, we say that, we tell them, we say thank you. And now if they're struggling with their, let's say, energy efficiency, we remind them, we tell them, and we explain the importance of getting these down. Now, if you're managing students and you've got a fair usage cap in, this is even more important to do because you need to make sure that they can change their behaviour immediately. This feedback loop that you can help ensure is really, really important because what you don't want to do is get to the end of the year, having not really given them much information, not really told them, not given them the opportunity. This is certainly how it's often framed back to you to reduce their bills. You're going to struggle to put an argument together, to put a strong case together, to get that fair usage clause kind of executed. If there's an overuse element, you need to pull back. You're going to struggle with it. It's going to be a real battle, and that's just not a battle you want to be in. So make sure every single month you're getting those meter readings, you're getting those bills, and ideally paying them, that'll help manage your cash flow, But you're actually giving this information back to your tenants, and you're getting your tenants to change and adjust and update and continue the behaviour It's good with that information that you've got. Keep, if you need, guarantors looped in as well. If tenants are overspending and there is a fair usage cap, keep guarantors in the loop. They're aware of this. They don't want to be lumped with a bill at the end of a tenancy agreement. This is more so for our student tenants and student landlords out there, but this is a really important one. And then the final piece of advice that I want to share with you is something that we've implemented this year for the very first time ever. And I think that this could be massive. We're all familiar with inspecting our properties and doing health checks. We do them at least every quarter, but ideally we'll do them every month if we can. But we've never gone in with an interest as to how efficient our tenants are being with the energy. Are they turning the lights off? Are they actually doing these sorts of things that can help reduce energy bills? Go in, check how many appliances are left on standby, how many lights are left on. Are they overheating the house? Have they got the heating on with the windows open? Classic. I've seen it so many times. Pick up on that behaviour and feedback. Be honest. Explain to tenants what's going on. But put it in your report back to tenants. When you've inspected the house, we do. Tell tenants, we'll say, thanks, this is going great. We're really pleased to see that you're keeping it clean and tidy. Could we just remind you X, Y, and Z, keep the fire, escape route. This is when you can also reinforce that feedback. So now what we've got is... a system and a process and I suppose an attitude towards energy efficiency in our houses that is multifaceted. There are lots of opportunities to take proactive measures, but also lots of opportunities to remind our tenants and praise our tenants and kind of give our tenants a bit of a kicking when they're not doing what we need them to be doing. Honestly, this is so important. I think it really could save you thousands of pounds. I think certainly a thousand pound for a large HMO, if you did all of this and it went particularly well. And if you've got a few HMOs, this is all going to start to really add up. So there we go. Lots of advice, lots of things that you can do as a landlord almost immediately. Lots of things and pieces of advice that you can give to your tenants and some general pieces of advice as to how to manage your tenants and manage your property to kind of pull all of this together. I do really think that this stuff will help go and implement it today. (laughs) Obviously, we need to be aware that This price cap guarantee is only around till April. Who knows what could happen after that? And let's be honest, who knows what could happen before that? It seems to change almost weekly at the minute, which is really concerning for us as landlords, but it is what it is. We can only do what we can do. My advice is to put all of this on paper for your tenants, get it down, build up a nice document, get it over in an email, send it every month or however often you feel is necessary to get your energy bills down. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you've got any more questions about energy consumption, about energy efficiency about managing tenants, about managing your properties, come over to the HMO community. That's our free group on Facebook. It really is a superb place to ask these sorts of questions and have conversations about this. It is something that our members are discussing often because it's right at the top of our agendas at the minute. And certainly as we move into winter, it's going to be right at the top of everybody's list. As those bills start landing, there are definitely going to be some concerned landlords in our community. Of course, if you want to level things up this year, if you really want to take your business to the next level, come and join the HMO Roadmap. Come and check it out at the very least, because we've got so much in there that'll help you take your business to the next level. We've got dozens and dozens of case studies now, incredible masterclasses by some of the very best HMO property investors in the industry. We've got 60 plus lessons from me walking you through step by step how to actually build a HMO property business. We've got the deal stacker. We've got Dozens of fantastic resources that you can download all in a template fashion so that you can actually just edit them and send them out and use them yourselves. And we've got so much more. Trust me, if you're serious about building a HMO property business, it is exactly where you need to be. And finally, guys, I know I ask regularly But I think this is just about the last opportunity if you want to take part in our huge giveaway to celebrate two years of the HML podcast and to say thank you to you guys for your incredible and continued support. We're giving somebody free access to the HMO Roadmap for a full year. If you want to win, all you need to do is head over to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a quick review of the show, make sure your name's in the review, or you screenshot it and send it to me either on Instagram or Facebook. And at the end of the month or the beginning of November, we're going to pick one winner at random. I know I ask you guys all the time for reviews, but it really does help. And this time, you can actually win yourself free access to the Roadmap for a whole year. Yeah, it's a no-brainer guys thank you so much for tuning in today i hope today's advice does help you in your property business and don't forget that i'll be right back here in the very same place next week so please join me then for another installment of the hmo podcast